Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Bobo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on Negative to Positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from Negative to Positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. Hey, everyone, this is John Roker, the producer of Collider Heroes. If you like this show, you are going to love That's Awesome on Podcast One. General Hospital Steve Burton and Bradford Anderson have been playing buddies on screen for years, only to discover that their real-life dynamic is perhaps even more fun. With guests from daytime TV, the entertainment industry, and beyond, find out for yourself how much fun these two have together when they're in the same room. Download That's Awesome every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General state's pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Going for the gold! Black Panther is up for seven Oscars and Into the Spider-Verse is up and we are going to talk about it. Shazam got a mini trailer and it looks amazing. I'm so excited for that movie. Punisher Season 2 has hit Netflix, and we are here at Collider Heroes to talk about it. Now, this week <laughs> was a whirlwind with Punisher. Getting through 13 hours of Punisher to come in and do this show for you guys was very important to us. I made that it That said, thin. light spoilers, we're not going to go deep. We've seen it, but we're not going to do that to you because I didn't sleep, and we, we might have slept. So good for you. Congratulations. This is Collider Heroes. We are well, joined by the ever-lovely Danny Fernandez. Oh, thank you so much for having me, repping my orange as I have to, because we had a big box office for Dragon Ball Super Boily and uh, gotta rep my family. It's the perfect week for you to be here because we're gonna talk about John Bernthal. Yeah. We're gonna talk about Dragon Ball. Oh we're gonna talk about... It's like perfectly curated for me. I yeah. love it. We lined up pop culture just so we could be like welcome to the show. I know. <laughs> it's we buffet. got some Wonder Woman technically so yeah. This is my oh, it's my day. God. Heck yeah. You're also our guest to talk about the awards. Yes. There are many, many changes in society and I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Black Panther Panther getting a Best Picture nod is the beginning of the zeitgeist shift. We are being
being taken seriously. <laughs> genre film is now a real credible thing. Yes, society. Thank you for listening. It made a billion dollars. You might have heard of it. Black Panther <laughs> is a Best Picture nominee. How does a it feel? A comic book movie is nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars for the first time. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to get all my hopes pinned on this being like a forever change, but I am going to enjoy the shit out of this moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is nominated for seven awards oh, for Best Production Design. Uh, Hannah Beecher, I think, the first African-American ever to be nominated for that Oscar. Uh, it is nominated for Best Costume. Ruth Carter completely yes. rules. Ruth Carter, yes. yes. Uh, for Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, and I want to say VFX and Original Score. I'm yeah. wrong about VFX. Sound editing, production design, sound mixing, costume design, original score, and best friggin' picture. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar's up for an Oscar. That's so cool. Like, I just yeah. want to... Kendrick Lamar and Black Panther in a sentence already makes me happy. You put Oscar <laughs> at the end of that sentence? Yes. But I also want to say, like, this is a film that has had a tremendous cultural impact. Not only that, like like you were saying, it was um, culturally integrated costume design. It was... For people that say it's just a comic book movie, no, it, it, effect, it uh, tackled issues of morality, tackled class issues, tackled, like, sins of the father, like, all, so many mm-hmm. things, spirituality. There were so many elements that made it much more than a comic book film in my mind also royalty like how many i mean i saw some trolls online that came into my comment section i'm like how many films that tackle royalty or a hero's fall from grace have been nominated by the academy tons yeah. tons but like for some reason this one in particular you need to uh, strip away its justification for being amongst these others but no it had a tremendous cultural impact and was just an amazing film that really tackled some serious issues very gracefully and very beautifully and I think that a movie like this with the, the villain being so strong, with the hero being so strong, with the morality compass being so clear, that is what I think the Academy's looking at. I think 10 years ago when Dark Knight came out and it didn't get nominated, and then the next year we suddenly had 10 Best Picture nominees. That's not a coincidence. They were yeah, like, oh, maybe yeah. that should have been a thing. I so know. I think it's been a 10-year progression. I think Dark Knight really needs credit for being the first comic movie yeah. that started but taken seriously. And then as we evolved, I mean, Christopher Reeve's Superman really kicked off the serious superhero film. It took years for Dark Knight to get taken seriously awards and now with Black Panther we've got a new level up I think the, yes. the mold has been broken and here we are so I, I really wish Ryan Coogler had gotten the director nod if while we're on the subject I think that oh. without Ryan Coogler the vision of Wakanda was not as full I think right. Ryan Coogler really shaped it so I think Ryan Coogler that, that him and Bradley Cooper not getting nods is another conversation but uh, and then <laughs> also, I also Michael B. Jordan yeah, I was going to say Michael B. Jordan and Gosh, Chadwick Boseman performance and like the his story arc and like the like the he just brought so much to the tragedy of that that role and this we really felt for him in this heartbreaking character. Yes. Like his performance was Oscar worthy, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I like that his perspective is almost the American perspective. I really like Truly. that. They, they made the villain so identifiable for us as a culture that I think that also has a lot to say about why it was nominated because we're like, oh, hey, choices were making. And I wouldn't have been mad about a screenplay nod like Logan got. Mm-hmm. We talked about yes. how Logan probably cracked public attention. We talked on this show about how it did a lot of the things that people. Uh, understand how to appreciate in in the Oscar pool, and that therefore it was like it was a cool surprise that they weren't distracted by it being a comic book film into not noticing it did those things. And that's what I like about Black Panther is that like any comic book film could be this good if you make it this good. Yeah. Um, and nobody really has like it. I, and it, I, you know, we we talked about trying to rank our favorites from last year, and I talked about uh, Infinity War, Black Panther, and Spider Verse being movies that like I kind of can't choose between because they achieve different things mm-hmm. but the kind of thing that Infinity War achieved like capping off a 20 movie trilogy is not the sort of thing that they're used to honoring like best job nailing a 10 year landing <laughs> is not an existing Oscar category but like best self contained story yes. with emotional resonance with incredible collaboration between every department which is this is achievement in motion mm-hmm. picture making whatever the official title of it is it's like best everything fire on all cylinders to put forward a movie that you are going to remember. Like, and for... So, I... I always hoped that this could happen. I just didn't, like, think that we would actually get it. And also, I would say, Koi, like, bringing the world of Wakanda to life. And yeah. we have had, you know, sci-fi fantasy-esque um, uh, movies that have been nominated. Um, so, in, in these categories. Return and of Lord the King, of the Rings. Shape of yes, Water. yes, thank like, you. So, this isn't, like, unheard of, you know. And so, I'm, I'm, I agree with y'all that I'm so glad that now we get to see our comic book films being considered. Because they should have been considered yeah. for a while now. <laughs> yeah. Dark Knight should have gotten more love. I think Logan should have gotten more love. 
of here we are now in an age where this I think sets a new precedent and now we're gonna be looking at it plus and I mean it's better than Logan I, shots fired but I, uh, I I think that we're living in a new time of superhero movies I think that no matter what this is going to be something we look back on 2018 was the year it got nominated 2019 Oscars was the year a comic book movie was in the running for major awards and no matter what whether you agree with it or not that's very important and if you're watching the show that's a very important moment in your life so congrats to Geek Sweaties did it mm-hmm. that's really exciting <laughs> I just can't wait the Lobo film's gonna be nominated <laughs> <laughs> Best adapted screenplay, Lobo. I can't wait. It's coming. Dude, Dan Valerian I love Lobo. Yep. So Dead yeah. yeah, truly. It's true. I could definitely see that for special effects as well. So, yeah. And Infinity War, special effects. Yeah. Uh, that got a VFX now, which well-deserved. Thanos Although, was like, come on. Why wasn't Aquaman even on the short list for visual effects? Am I just not good at looking yeah. at visual effects? Oh, like, it was staggering. It impressed the hell out of me. I want the octopus to win everything. <laughs> so, I don't know if that counts. I don't know if my voice is heard. Uh, and Spider-Verse, best animated. I, I, Spider-Verse, I cannot talk about enough. Spider-Verse, I really wanted a best picture nod. It wasn't going to happen, but I wanted it. That best animated is something that I'm very, very excited for it to hopefully win. And speaking of best animated, you're in a movie that's on Oh, that. yes. I'm just going to give you a little yes. plug there. <laughs> just, uh, three reasons you're here. Yeah, yeah. I, I play myself. That's kind of crazy. I don't know if I'll ever be able to say that ever again, but I play myself in a movie that was nominated for Academy Award. Um, I have a much smaller role compared to John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman, but um, it was really cool to get to host with Disney All Fall. They were yeah. amazing so yeah so yeah. what i'm saying is congrats on your oscar thank you um it, but yes backing up on on you what you said about into the spider-verse nothing that i have seen feels like it no, yeah. nothing that i feel like that it has come out has quite felt like this film and i really love that they took as many risks as they did that they were allowed to take as many risks mm-hmm. as they did um and the all of these animation styles all coming together to make this beautiful film it just i yeah i think it's also going to change animation yeah from now we're gonna look back in 2018 like we look back in 2008 with dark knight and iron man 2018 had spider verse infinity war black panther it's this incredible progression of what we're able to do and what society is able to accept like kids are walking out of the movie being like you know interdimensional concepts and like you know that that theory that they're just casually getting fed through spider-man it's a beautiful thing that these movies Mm -hmm. can educate and inspire and warm your heart and anyone can wear the mask guys anyone can wear the mask i just remembered his teacher grading his quiz and it's because she believes in him (laughs) never was gonna do that to me for the rest of my life like uh, but I like that if you do the math, 1978 Superman, it took, what? what's the math there, 30 years, 30 years. and then we get to Dark Knight, yeah. and then 10 years, and we get to Black Panther. And it's just like, it's accelerating. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, man, that's true. That's Oh, I can't wait. It's a great time to be a sweaty. This is a magical time. So congrats to all of these films for their very deserving accolades, and for thank you to the Academy and everyone else for looking at these movies seriously as they are being made. Uh, we also have a movie that's not as serious that looks like so much fun. Not so so serious. Not so fact. serious. Wow. <laughs> Mini trailer for not so <laughs> not serious. Not They make the joke. <laughs> Watch the teaser. The mini Shazam. trailer's great. What'd you guys think of it? There's a, it was about a minute long mini trailer for Shazam that went online this <clears> week. <throat> I, I loved it. Yeah, I think that they're doing the perfect thing having it. Uh, I love his bright, colorful character. I love that they're leaning into the comedy of it. Um, I <laughs> I love any story that it's like a kid becoming an adult. Like, yeah. big, 13 going on 30. Like, that was <laughs> always my dream. And so I love getting to see it. And I, I think Zachary Levi is the perfect person to play this character. So I watched a, a video of him going around at Comic-Con asking everyone what Shazam meant. And it was like, not a single person <laughs> could get it. The wisdom of self. Yeah, you're getting it. Yeah. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bunch of those strength. I think wisdom, strength of Hercules. No, yeah, strength yeah. of Hercules. Is the strength edge. Of Hercules. Yeah. Can we do it? Speed of. Oh God, no! Know. Just strength cut. No. <laughs> cut the feet. Cut the feet. Uh, all I know. Somebody will. Somebody in the comments will. I'm sure. So and Batman nod with the not so serious. Uh, the Superman nod with the punch flying through the air. I really liked. I like that it is acknowledging its universe, but it's not taking itself seriously. I like that Shazam is going Smart. to be the fun one. Yeah. I really am excited for the way the DC EU or DC films, whatever they're calling it today, uh, are going because I really think that Shazam following Aquaman is a great move. Mm-hmm. I think that that really world building Aquaman plus the most lighthearted little side universe Shazam. It's going to be like when we had Civil War lead into the next thing that felt like it was tangentially related and these movies don't have to connect they do because the first trailer he mentions that world of superman batman but i like that the trailer's like wink wink move on so we can appreciate shazam separately this movie looks like so much fun to me 
I really hope that it is as fun as it looks from these trailers. I, I have a little bit of sympathy for my, in my heart for, like, long-term old-school Captain Marvel stands who are sort of like, he's a, he's a real grown-up. Because there have been different versions of him, some where he remains sort of the kid inside and some where he's basically just turning into an adult hero who goes back to being Billy Batson. But, like, they are executing this vision so beautifully, and they're combining it. Like, they're letting us see the sort of... The, the world, the magic that you're going to fall into in the world, that, like, jumping off saying the name transformation shot, like, that, it's electric. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be really fun, and I am very excited to see it, and I'm happy to let it stand alone. I'm mm-hmm. happy to mm-hmm. be like, the rest of the DC Universe is going to take care of itself, Wonder Woman is on her way, more Aquaman is hopefully on its way, um, more everything else, Birds of Prey is rolling, like, all of it's going, <laughs> and Shazam can just be, yep. So excited. But also, isn't it really cool that all of these films could exist in the same universe like that is what i think is really fascinating and cool that you have this childlike wonder this kid-like person in this role that's so escapism essentially that we really need like you said but then we have wonder woman coming up and uh, with her first one it was uh almost to me like a war film to be honest it felt like that but really empowering and it's like it's so cool that we can have all these different elements that relate to different people Mm -hmm. you know in different ways and i love that they all exist under the same world and i like that dc is doing different things than marvel did i like that dc is doing a different feel of the fun lighthearted kid movie that isn't it, it none of these feel stale none of this bubble bursting thing is happening for me because every time i see a new trailer i'm like oh that's a different direction i there's it no really big is. equivalent and i yeah. like that and then wonder woman 84 what a bold different take yes. so i'm really excited to see the way they keep diversifying these movies so they all feel different and get best picture nominations <laughs> I just need what all I want from Wonder Woman is I just need the scene with the big hair and I need the <laughs> leg warmers. Y'all, if I don't get that, that's what I want. Patty, call me. <laughs> Patty. I want no, she's Chris Pine <laughs> unzipping a fanny pack. As long oh, as that happens, I, you know what I mean? I just would a take moment any of ending like, of that sentence. That's, <laughs> just, I need a moment of full 80s and like shoulder pads. I need like Madonna like, playing in the background somehow. Maybe I mean, Cindy Lauper. Y'all, if Cindy so Lauper. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the Goonies is just playing on some screen in the back. Oh, man. You know what would be fun to do is watch all these in chronological order. Ignore the fandoms. Ignore the houses. I want to watch Captain America, and then I want to watch the beginning of Guardians, and then I want to watch Wonder Woman 84, 1990s Captain Marvel. I want to live the decades with my heroes. Yes. <laughs> be so much fun. Now, a hero that is harder to live with. <laughs> Punisher. Punisher. Season two. Now, we have finished. You're, you're very close to the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm 10 episodes in. We're going to stay spoiler light, and we're going to probably dive deeper in the beginning of the season, but we're not going to give anything away. We're not going to ruin it for you. It just came out on Wednesday. Overall, feels vague booking. I don't want this show to get canceled because John Bernthal is so good. I don't think that the season was as strong as the first season for me. Uh, but I would have been very happy to be, like, someday sitting around with seven seasons of The Punisher being like, you know, two's not my favorite, but they got it back with three. <laughs> like, like, that's that. kind of where yeah. where I am with it. Like, they have a lot of great elements. There was a lot of stuff that was fun to watch here. There's, uh, you'll if you like No Country for Old Men or Assault on yep. Precinct 13 yes. or a number of other things, I mean, it it, it feels like a Punisher story. I There were things that I loved about what they did in season one that I'm not sure they totally nailed here. But, like... I'm still going to be sad if this is it. Yeah, um, I loved Punisher season one. I remember Koi and I very uh, famously would text each other and DM each other at like one in the morning as we were like, oh my God, did you see John Bernthal? Um, it was, yeah, this one didn't resonate with me as much, but I agree. I think, I, I honestly, what I took away from this, and it's hard to talk about it without spoiling anything, but I really loved Billy Russo's trajectory. I really mm. like, I love John Bernthal. I think he's such an amazing actor. I really like the fact that a lot of spotlight was put on Jigsaw, was put on uh, on Ben Barnes' character and his performance, and we really got to see this vulnerability, because that's a huge risk. Mm-hmm. I felt like what they did, um, and yeah, I, I did really enjoy his character of, uh, of Jigsaw. John Bernthal delivers lines that no one should be able to. I, there's a scene where John Bernthal describes how he's always been the Punisher that was so moving and captivating, but if you typed it out, I guarantee you'd be like, what? And the way he handles himself in action scenes, the opening scene, the, the opening fight in ep- the end of episode one is one of the most brutal, operatic, almost like a dance. It is one of my favorite brutal comic book scenes. I'm not big on hyper-violence. It's not my thing. I don't really watch horror movies anymore, but something 
about this show captures a hyper violence that made me like I couldn't look away. And the first episode onward just goes with that. Uh, he also broke his hand in the first episode. The reason he's in the cast the whole season is because his wow. hand is actually broken. I heard so, this, and then he like kept going. And can I just be like, don't do so that? So he broke his hand, and then the scene they're slamming it. This isn't a spoiler. With a knife, it was still broken, so he severed some tendons, and then he dislocated it in the third scene. So he just John Bernthal is the Punisher, guys. Yeah. Well, he has broken his nose fourteen times, so that's why it looks like the actual Punisher from the comics nose. He's Ramita <laughs> Senior's drawing because yeah. of real life. I do want to say when you were talking about violence, I did like I think it was in the first or second episode um, where he was you know fighting with these women. I love the fact that it was straight violence. I feel like a lot of times when we see um, fight scenes with women, it's sexualized in some way. Yes. Never okay with that. Mm. Uh, it doesn't need to be there. Just punch him out like you would. You know, like if this is a female assassin, just do the regular violence. Um, <laughs> so so I, I really liked that. And uh, again, I can't say enough, I feel like, about Ben Barnes as Jigsaw. Although he's still pretty. He's so, he's so pretty. pretty. Like, when they took the mask off, I was like, okay, so he got in a fight with a lion and is now more handsome? Now he's okay. got a mystery? Now he looks distinguished. Yeah, now he's got I some know. backstory. Tell me more, Ben Barnes. <laughs> it's like a supermodel, yeah, that like fought with a bear. Yeah. And now he's like, I know. We he's just Australian we're like, we're now. Casting Jigsaw. Get me the most handsome man alive. <laughs> and then give him a cut. But I, I really like the, the Jigsaw as a psychological concept. I like I that they that. played into that. And yeah. I really like that the hyper-violence always felt like it belonged in the scene. And the, and the arcs kind of built up to, you felt like everyone deserved it for the most part. We'll talk about spoilers moving yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah. But I really liked that it felt like a different writer took over. So people that didn't like the first season as much, Mike Kalinowski, really liked the what? second season. Uh, because you got huh. a different run of Punisher. So some people didn't see the first season of Punisher as... We did. I love the first season. See, but it had something to say, and it had surprising depth, and, and I liked... I liked a lot of what they were doing there, but I won't say that this doesn't feel like a different familiar mode of the Punisher. Th this is like, you know, like there's people that shop at Target and people that shop at Walmart. I feel like there's different versions of a character you can get. I feel like, you know, this guy is a different audience, and I think that this Are you is saying this is the Walmart Punisher? I'm saying this is someone's Punisher. I'm saying... I did write down, though, when the first episode, all my note was he country. <laughs> it was, well, I was like, this is an Italian man from New York. This is really um, interesting to me because I, there are some interesting thoughts about like the idea of a like a not from the city punisher is interesting to me because it doesn't fit the versions of the character i've seen this it is his walking dead uh <laughs> shane or whatever coming back although song choice for that end of the, that big bar fight scene did kind of love the song choice there uh i don't remember i don't know it. if this counts as a spoiler hey, it's episode one i mean they went with bobby mcgee and freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. I was like, all right, I'm mm -hmm. on board. There's uh, a lot of song choices that are very mainstream songs, and they, like, wink. Like, they use a lyric, like, like Rooster at the, one of the last episodes. There's, there's a lot of moments where you're like, okay, that's, that's on the nose. I'm with you, but that's on the nose. Uh, I, I also appreciate the fact that they didn't shy away from Punisher being vulnerable with the people that are in his inner circle, but he has to fight to get in his inner circle. Because I feel like in the comic books, once someone's in Frank's world, they're in his world. And you fight through that in the first half of the season, but once people are in his world, the supporting cast are almost like hijinks. Like, when they all show up, you're like, oh, right, there is friends. Frank and friends. And that felt like the comic to me. Uh, I did miss Micro. I did miss the Battle Van. Oh, I did yeah. miss, like, there's certain things that didn't... Battle Van did it some. Um, but I... I Overall, I'm glad it exists. I definitely want more Punisher. I definitely am going to be upset because I don't see John Bernthal in the MCU. This this is too much. Like this is such a violent character. I can't see like Spider-Man standing alongside this guy. And I do. They, they've got some good stuff going with their supporting cast that I would like to see sort of broadened. Like I, you know, I haven't finished the season, so these will not contain spoilers about people who live or die. But like, you know, I would like to see if you're going to have a character like Agent Madani, I would like to see her do some investigating. I would like some things that relate to her job like mm -hmm. she mm -hmm. she doesn't get the sort of most satisfying trajectories to watch and i think that there's a lot of potential there with the cast they've built up like curtis love him love him every time he's yes. on screen mm -hmm. love everything he stands for uh and and like so you've got good material here like i i oh this is just more things that i enjoyed but like i like uh pilgrim mm -hmm. uh he was fun to watch uh i they struggled, I think, a little bit getting their plots together and having all of the logic flow into other stuff. But, like, again, it's 
they've got strong material here, I and mean, I want to see them get to keep working on it. I like their social commentary that they continued to have about veterans in this because, of course, that's so central to his character. I like the mm-hmm. fact that Curtis was like, I can't cancel on these guys because they've been canceled on so many times. Yeah. yeah. Like, like they've been forgotten, essentially, and I thought that was such a, a beautiful and true line. Um, same thing with getting to watch Jigsaw's uh, with Billy Russo's, you know, PTSD and, and the effects of it uh, and feeling forgotten as well. Um, I like his group dynamic. I like his people. Uh, yeah. Again, this isn't, it's the light spoiler. Uh, he develops a group, and I like that, that that feels like actual vets I know. I feel right. I like that. But he had that in the first one as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. That it was and I like forgotten. that carried that on. I like when also, uh, you know, the assumption when, uh, I hope, th- I don't think this is a spoiler, when Madani came and sat down in their group, and it was an ass- assumed that she hadn't served, or mm-hmm. she hadn't served in some way. And I like that that was immediately like, oh no, I've also seen battle, too. That was my favorite scene that she yeah. had. Like, the, the, because it, maybe because I like the, the things that reflect on her job. And her, mm-hmm. like, but it, it was... It was interesting because you, you get the opportunity to throw sort of people together in interrelief. Um, also, shout out to whatever sheriff in Ohio. He was great. <laughs> no spoilers, but, like, that sequence was fun to watch in yeah. a bonkers Punisher way. Um, uh, so, yeah, the first the first half of the season, uh, which is all we're trying to touch on, I love the Assault and Precinct 13. I loved that first episode fight. I really think they're doing a great job giving us those Punisher moments. Uh, the second half of the season, it gets hyper-violent with more, like, the Garth Innes, Steve Dillon Punisher. You see a lot more grotesqueness. Uh, I think it will appease a lot of Punisher fans, and I'm really curious what people say. I want to hear about this conversation. I'm looking forward I to, like... Too reading about how people feel about this show and most of all I just want to see John Bernthal cast in everything I joked that once the Lobo yes (laughs) I was saying once it's inevitably cancelled screw it give me another tall Wolverine I don't care let him be dopey and warm as well as scary and powerful like he's got so much range there's so much he can do and I don't want to see that get lost like so yeah that's I'm I'm interested to have more solid entries into sort of the like filmed Punisher canon I think personal preference wise my it still goes Punisher in Daredevil season 2 Punisher season 1 Punisher season 2 for me but I will show up as long as John Bernthal is playing the Punisher like you have my money yeah I'm gonna go Punisher season 1 Daredevil season 2 Punisher season 2 for me Mm -hmm. but either way check it out and John Bernthal thank you just for being you (laughs) being being alive (laughs) we've got some minor (laughs) mutations as well some of which are fairly major Yes, we have Glass is number one at the box office, which is awesome. We waited 19 years, and it's number one. And Dragon Ball did some uh, crazy numbers. We've got a great guest to talk about yes. that with. We are also going to talk about the frankly insane rumor mill surrounding the Fox Marvel movies. One rumor says that X-Force and the rest of the Fox Marvel universe is dead. Do you want to see New Mutants? Would you like to see it on Hulu? You might. <laughs> Poor new mutants. Would you like to see the maybe not dead Gambit, except with Channing Tatum directing it? Who knows? And Amy was kind enough to count these minor mutations, so I got this one. <laughs> Deadpool 2 has been released in China, and in China it's known as Deadpool 2, I Love My Family, and is being lovingly called Deadpool Bitchy Bitch. So we're going to talk about that because that's amazing. And he says Deadpool 3 is still on, so whatever, I don't know. Believe whoever you feel like believing until we have actual information. Uh, And we are also introduced this week to the DC Playbook. Uh, Big Boss Toby Emmerich says, We all feel like we've turned a corner now. In an interview with Hollywood Reporter talking about the state of Warner Brothers and DC Films. And it is about to be the valiant era because <laughs> Vin Diesel has begun promoting the insanity that Dang. is Bloodshot. I also love the shot of Toby Emmerich as maybe Bloodshot. That just happened <laughs> to acknowledge that moment where Toby Emmerich is awesome. Is he Bloodshot? <laughs> Twist. Uh, and a moment of appreciation while folks can still find out how much we love them. Let's take a moment for George Perez who announced his retirement this week. Absolutely legendary comic book creator. So as the guest, oh my gosh, what any of those calls things strike to you? you most? Oh, I wonder. <laughs> um, yeah, we can. W- let's dive into Dragon Ball Super broadly because I feel like you know not everybody might be aware of it, or they might be aware of it, but it did huge numbers for the fact that it was a limited release. Yeah. Um, it came out on a Wednesday. On that Wednesday, it was the number one film. It was like seven million, beating mm. out every other film. You know, and the fact that everybody got out on a Wednesday too <laughs> was kind of crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it's so, oh my gosh, the care that has been put in. The Dragon Ball community has just been pushing and pushing, and we're like, take us seriously. Like, you have no idea how much money we could make you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, also, I just, like, the, the, the animation in the fight scenes is so beautiful. Like, if you are a Dragon Ball fan, if you're an anime fan, go and see it because the fight scenes are so pretty. I can't even, oh, I just want to make out with them. And then, um, but also Funimation has been putting in so much work to, like, really get this off. Like, they, they, they really pushed to have Goku made as a, as a balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Can you imagine back when you were watching this show on Toonami or Four Kids or illegally on the internet? Like, where, <laughs> when, when, that this would be a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade I did. Balloon. I took a picture Goku. of my television with, with Goku floating by because I was huge. just like, this is happening. That's iconic, y'all. Like, that's, that's, that's like Snoopy gets to be up there in Garfield. Um, so, anyways, um, I am so happy and I really do, people aren't going to like this, but I really do think if we look at the future of, of comic book films and we see how beautiful they're able to be made in the storytelling and the visual effects, there's no reason that we can't make Dragon Ball live action. Do not boo me. We have the technology. It's 2019. It so it's 2019. Are you telling me that we don't have the technology to make it look good? Yeah, we do. You just need someone that cares about it. And you need a studio that cares about it and 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 a director that cares about it. And so I think that we can actually see I also think that we continue to have these anime films um, we can, I think it's really important that the Dragon Ball community came out and saw this because it tells people we want anime in theaters mm-hmm. period we want anime in theaters we want it to be taken seriously you can put it in only a thousand theaters and still land in the top and still, ten films for yeah, this weekend yeah. top five. I think it's number five in all anime films ever opening um, so but what I was going to say is if we can have some of these crazy characters be brought to life there's no reason in my personal weird Dragon Ball opinion that we couldn't see these characters live action but so what we're saying is John Bernthal from Vegeta <laughs> John oh Bernthal God. Vegeta is coming soon to a theater near the you I mean it's do you recommend it. like can you jump in and just watch Broly if you Ooh, are not familiar that's gonna be hard <laughs> um that you could maybe if you have an open mind uh what I was telling uh what I was saying if you're doing the bare minimum you might want to watch like Resurrection of F or Battle of Gods like some of the other films that have come out in the last couple of years if you're not watching the series at all um but you might get a little bit <laughs> I think back in the early 2000s, like Jet Li's The One was the first time I thought Dragon Ball was possible because the fight scenes in Jet Li's The One started to feel like oh, this yeah. world. And then King Arthur, my beloved King Arthur, Guy Ritchie's magnum <laughs> opus, had a lot of scenes that felt like Dragon Ball. I feel like the technology is certainly no there. No one has ever said that to I love that movie so much. Thanos is a purple person. <laughs> like, excuse, and it's nominated for an Academy Award. There's no way. Like, yes, you can make Vegeta's hair and Goku's weird side thingy. Like, you can do it. And, but isn't and the lesson of Spider-Verse that you could just nail it in animation and not everything needs True. to be live action? Great. <laughs> Great. You could do that as well. But we want more of it, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I'd like to see um, it multi-platform. I'd like I to see it. I think me, selfishly, as a girl that used to write fan fiction when I was 13, <laughs> wants to see these people in real life. I don't know. I'll never, I'll never shut up about it until <laughs> I die. Um, but I think getting to see a lot of these characters come to life. When I sat and I watched Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy was the one that made me think, yes, we can do Dragon Ball. Because I was like, this is like 99.9% CGI fighting, <laughs> intergalactic fighting and firing space balls and stuff. I'm like, we it, could totally do That's this. a good comparison, too, because like it's funny and it's heartbreaking and it's big action and it's all this stuff yeah. that Dragon Ball brings And it's people bear. that don't quite look like people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at times... That's perfect. You're right. Yeah, actually. It's totally thank you. If yeah. we can Rocket Raccoon, we can... You're, I'm on board. Thank you. I want it. I want <laughs> it so Someone's going to make it, so... As of January 21st, it is at 22 million domestic, 65 million... Oh, almost 66 million foreign. It's at 88 million dollars. It is the number three anime as of January 1st. Oh, wait. killing it. I was going to say, you don't have to write me about Dragon Ball Evolution. I'm aware that it exists, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Totally a thing. So. Uh, what uh, what did this week cost to you? Okay, can we talk about? I, and you know, we we so Corey and I often have something where we're like, "There's no source on this. We don't want to talk about it on the show." But we were getting to a point with all this Fox Marvel stuff where we at least need to be like, "All right." everybody's saying everything, it's all flying around, and we don't have real sources for most of it. But 
something is true, and let's make random <laughs> guesses, I guess, about what it is. Because there was sort of a Twitter source, which has been known for leaks in the past, that sort of said, look, all of these millions of Fox Marvel announcements that we've had, uh, like prospective Kitty Pride movie, uh, Doctor Doom solo film, all of these various things that we've talked about, mostly on this show when they, when they got mentioned, like, w- one person was like, oh, none of that is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's possibly true, but then we had counter rumors of like, but maybe Gambit is still happening, and we had, uh, but maybe New Mutants will will end, get released on a different platform. New Mutants and Dark Phoenix are ostensibly the last ones that we kind of are pretty sure are going to land somewhere because they're almost done making them, and that would be a huge waste, right? Uh, and then we have the only like on the record person is Ryan Reynolds out there being like, yeah, we're working on Deadpool three. <laughs> so what's true? In my opinion, which is not founded in any fact or basis or leak or anything. This is I'm being a newsman on the internet, so I'm making stuff up. Oh um, God, don't. So. I'm, I'm owning it. Dragon Ball, I mean, t- Dragon Ball's still there. I saw your sweatshirt that glowed at me. Dragon Ball is coming to the Marvel Universe. Uh, Wait a second. Can I just say, Fox owns Dragon Ball and is now owned by Disney. So, Vegeta so Vegeta's a Disney prince. Thank you. He's Disney. a Vegeta. He's, he's a Disney prince. And uh, along with, you know, Prince Eric and all the others. Is Bulma a Disney princess? Can we just declare it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. No. Uh, for the people watching um, at home, in trouble. Danny's sweatshirt is as bright as it looks, so I was just <laughs> called into the Dragon Ball world from Deadpool. Uh, to me, the Deadpool universe is so profitable and so consistent. Those two movies made so much money. And X-Force is a script that I've only heard glowing things about. I can't imagine they would shelve such a consistent character. Whereas, there are some inconsistencies in the X-Men universe. They are going to want to bring in the X-Men to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Deadpool, they won't recast. That would not work. Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. They won't reshape that corner because it's already kind of a soft reboot. But... I could see them kind of just nixing the rest. And I, all these rumors, they read like they, they're fair. They're not outlandish. Uh, I also love the idea of Channing Tatum just sitting at home like, I got two weeks. I'll direct it. Like, what's happening with that movie? It's been since I've been hosting, that movie's been getting made. And now Channing Tatum's like, I got a camera. I'm Gambit. Let's dance. So I can see them everything getting shelved except Deadpool. So it makes sense that Ryan Reynolds is out there saying Deadpool 3 is moving along. Deadpool 3, Deadpool 2 just got released in China. Uh, but I'm, you mentioned Kitty Pride. That to me is is one of the biggest sacrifices we're losing because movie 143, the Christmas Kitty Pride movie with Brian Michael Bendis and Tim Miller was such magic in the making that could have been something really special. So I don't know if we're going to get X-Force. I think we'll get Deadpool 3. I hope we get X-Force. See, I don't know if you can do X-Force if you're also simultaneously, like, doing the X-Men from the ground up in the Marvel Universe, which is what I want to happen. Right. Like, you do, like... The great thing is Deadpool is, if if any character can survive his universe not making sense, it's Deadpool. So he's prepared for this, um, for whatever they need to do. But, like... But the the truth is that I I think they need to be thinking long term about like all right what are we building over here mm-hmm. um, and and so it makes sense to me that the rest of this is falling by the wayside and hopefully we will get a Kitty Pride we'll just get Marvel's Kitty Pride yes uh, and when they do Days of Future Past this time she'll be the main character you know? <laughs> what a yeah concept. I was gonna say I don't think it's that you're not gonna see these characters you're just gonna see different takes on them it might just take you a little bit longer than we thought but you're definitely they're still marketable so they still could make money so you're still probably going to see them. I think we're going to see more and more, um, like you said, I think we're going to get um, the X-Men brought from from the ground up, which is exciting yeah. to me. I think I think that's something that a lot of us have, have wanted to see. Um, I agree that Deadpool can pretty much survive anything. So, <laughs> a merger, being fired, like, I don't know, like a bunch of, I, I think that that character is going to live on, and uh, that's the beauty of it. I think the beauty of also making fun of your own franchise is that you can, you can hop around. Well, and he said something about they're doing a different direction for three. What were these comments so, he made? He's in China promoting Deadpool, which is a sudden release, apparently. Uh, everybody was Isn't like, Deadpool 2 only got a PG-13 ticket because of China. And everybody was like, that's not true. And now they're like, we're going to go to China. Like, it was a sudden release. He was getting arm surgery and then was like, I can't. I'm going to China. It was that quick of a release, which is insane to me. Uh, what I heard was that they're going a completely different direction, completely changing up Deadpool. To me, that is X-Force will deal with time travel. X-Force will answer Deadpool 2. Deadpool 3 be more contained like the first one. That's what I read that as. I would. That's what I would do is reel in Deadpool because you can't keep getting bigger. And the second one's already really big. So yeah. if I were in control, X-Force would be the end of the big insanity. I'd reel it back in for three and have a more contained story. But with this Marvel merger, who knows what direction they're going to go with because I think what they should do with X-Men is do the Harry Potter thing. 
You should introduce the school. You should have the kids grow up with. You plant the foundation. Deadpool doesn't belong in that universe. I would love to, <laughs> yeah. to you know what I mean? So those two things. But Deadpool's also survived. He makes jokes about Stuart and McAvoy. There's a reason this Deadpool can exist with this new. He could even reference it's a new team of X-Men. So... I don't know, but I, I just need to say while we're talking about Deadpool that him being lovingly known as Little Bitchy Bitch <laughs> is one of the most charming things I've ever Very heard. Very on brand. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean? Uh, we did also get references to two other universes out of our uh, minors this week. One was, and it, it's just a, it's a small statement, but it was interesting to see like one of the heads of Warner Brothers going to the Hollywood Reporter being like, feel like we're nailing it. Um, and be, Especially because, as has been pointed out many times financially speaking the dceu was already on pretty good ground mm-hmm. like justice league didn't do what they wanted it to do but it made a lot of money and a lot of the other films made a lot of money um so it is interesting to hear language about that like about turning a corner in that way but it's 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 nice to feel like people are reflecting the like we, th- we think the system is working now. They, they emphasize the independence of their directors, mm-hmm. and they emphasize that they're going to let things be standalone for now. And they refer to that as, we're, we're not following the Marvel playbook, we're following the DC playbook. And like, like all fans, eventually I want big integrated superhero universes because these are based on such rich comic book heritages. But as we see from actual comics, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you let things be more standalone, and sometimes you have a big crisis to bring everybody together. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I... I, I I just thought that was an interesting uh, comment. I, I think it's great that they're looking. I, the, my favorite part of that was the directors, mm. the the keeping things yes. separate and then bringing it together. That's what builds a, a strong foundation of a universe, so that when they come together, you feel for these characters. That that really excites me that they're even acknowledging that and they're looking at that. Uh, I think we're in a really good position, like we were saying with Shazam and Joker. I'm I'm really excited for 2019 and 2020 slate of DC. I think they're killing it on TV, and I think if they can mirror that in movies, we're mm-hmm. going to be. This is such a magic time. I get. <laughs> I'm back at my normal speech pattern because we're not talking about Deadpool anymore but i get so excited when i look at any of the news every single week we do the show because it's all stuff that we dreamt about as kids there's a dragon Pop ball float. The one area where the world is like yeah it's cruising we, we just had a sequel to unbreakable a movie that changed my life in 01 19 Aww. years later that movie is so it's a postmodern superhero film before we had modern superhero films also i need to apologize last week i said uh a couple numbers wrong and i also misquoted a thing because i had slept three hours because i did the glass junket so there's some bias in this Glass is something you need to see if you're a comic book fan. Also, Samuel Jackson is even cooler in person. He's Nick Fury in real life. He's the greatest. But I, last week <laughs> I was we really... just not do an hour of that? <laughs> yeah, we talked about the Spider-Man trailer. We briefly talked about X-Men. We talked about the Marvel Universe growing. It was really Aww. cool to talk to Sam because he loves the fans and he loves this world. Uh, but I came in like three hours of Sleep to Heroes last week, so the comments were all like, ah. I'm sorry. Um, but I think it's a really... Uh, we should lean back and just look at the fact the box office has a Dragon Ball in it, has glass in it. We're talking about all these news stories, and it seems like the heads of studios are now feeling that same... We're getting revenge! Yeah, they're... <laughs> They're, they're saying the same stuff. They've got butterflies, too. They're like, we're doing it. We're making a thing. So hearing a, a head of a studio say that makes me really happy. So uh, we also got the, what would it let the Valiant era begin, um, which was Vin Diesel hyping up Bloodshot. I'm, I'm curious about this because I think, if I understand correctly, this is Sony doing a bunch of uh, theoretically Valiant films. Mm-hmm. Now... Was this a hedging of bets against whether their Spider-Man properties worked? Can they are they going to be thrilled if they have two viable superhero universes? Will the success of one impact the other positively by encouraging them to invest more in it, or negatively by being like we don't need these if we have all these going on? Or am I being way too like cynical by going straight there instead of just being like y'all they're making a bloodshot movie? <laughs> I think Sony is going to grow two universes simultaneously because they yeah. they sit on that Men in Black property. They, they've got so many properties. Sony is such a large studio. It can handle a lot going on at once if they do, like the email leaks aren't true anymore. I think that the emails really helped us because it showed like a streamlining. Now things are going in a really strong direction. I have a lot of faith in Sony. Look at this year. We had that game. We had Spider-Verse. Sony really cares about the characters right now. So I think Sony's the best person to be making Valiant because they'll make it weird. Weird. They can yes. go to crazy places, yeah. but they've got the money to put money in. Yeah. That's why I love Venom. And I think that they're taking risks, which is so important. That's the thing. And it's like, yeah, it might not pay off, but what if it does? Yeah. yeah. So that's what they did. That's what they did with uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And so I agree that I think it's really smart that they're like, we're going to put some attention here. We're going to do it here. We're going to do it here. And then just watch it grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I don't think necessarily they might put more into the other. Although with the success of their animation, with the success of Spider-Verse, it'll 
allows them to put more money into and kind of invest in some of these other franchises. So Faith animated film. Do it. Yeah, be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Because theoretically, Harbingers is in this lineup of the the Valley Universe that they're trying to make. Um, And then, you know, I'm just saying. Amy and I were actually on a Valiant RPG. It was so much fun. Yeah, we both uh, were canon, actually. We are Valiant canon. I am Valiant canon. That's pretty cool because they wrote wrote me into the comics. Yeah. So, I so think you're s- nominated for an Oscar <laughs> and you are an actual comic book character. You are overqualified for this show. <laughs> Listen, kids. <laughs> Just be dirt poor, move to L.A. And, and be dirt poor for several years and be a nanny and, and a billion jobs. And then you might one day. This is too real. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The real side of the entertainment. You can't talk about that. We're not supposed oh, to I'm talk sorry. about that. <laughs> I just sprung up here and was discovered on the street. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> anyways, Valiant, I think it's really cool because they, yeah. they've, been, they've been trying to tap into it, honestly. And they had some television properties and things going on. So this is really smart. Sony is very smart to be doing this. I think Sony's the perfect house for it. I'm really excited for Sony specifically going forward. Men in Black looks great. I think that all the risks they took in 2018 are paying off, which means they'll be more likely to take more risks. Movies are a business at the end of the day, so I'm really glad those things did well because I want to see more weird stuff. If you give me another Hunter S. Yes. Thompson Venom movie, I'm oh, in. More wow. weird stuff, 2K19. Yes. Now, George Perez is an artist I love dearly. He is, when I visualize uh, giant spreads of characters, him and Arthur Adams are the two for me. Nobody does it like Paris. So, no, no shade on Arthur Adams. No, no, but like those are the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. And that like hundreds of artists exist. I get two in my head. So George Perez is an icon. He is retiring. I love that we can have a moment to appreciate someone bef- while they can hear us. I love, I love how you said that. We can actually acknowledge. And I really hope that more comic creatives get to know how much we, we love them, how much they mean to us. Mm-hmm. At Comic-Cons, it's a lot because it's just noise. But in these little moments... Thank you for what you've done for the entire community, for showing us what heroes can be, and for being just fantastic. I've never heard a bad thing about this man. He is universally loved. I have, I don't know him, but we all sort of have been shaped by him. He redefined Wonder Woman. Yes. He drew Crisis. He co-created mm-hmm. the new Teen Titans. He is like, there, there's all these beautiful legendary stories of like Wolfman was like, and then I wrote the, the sentence, the entire population of planet whatever rises into the atmosphere. <laughs> and I was like, well, he can do it. Um, I, I, but it, it's not just like that technical virtuosity. It's his love for character, his love for the people he was like putting his art creating with his art uh, and then like he's become an ambassador of sorts like he's taken the cutest cosplay photos in the world <laughs> like, uh, it just seems to everyone I've ever heard has uh, who's met him has a great experience uh, and and he will in theory he will still be doing some sketches at conventions he will be doing uh, some appearances while his health permits uh, he's just retiring from sort of formal like interior sequentials comic book work um, so it's a good day to be like George Perez thank you I was going to say so many elements, like, obviously, like you said, redefining Wonder Woman. And I think it's so great that we not we get to live not only with his works, but with all the works that he influenced. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that is what is so cool to me. And this these younger generations that are coming up that really, like, like me, that read his stuff and, and, uh, and are now becoming directors and not just comic book artists, but also writers and, and screenwriters and stuff. And these, these legendary characters, they need new creators to come in and be in yes. love with them and bring yes. their stamp to them like that's what keeps them alive and like in the 80s with wonder woman george paris had the like the heart and the vision to be like no that give me that mm-hmm. i want to do that and i want to make it big and i want to do it upright and leave uh, like and and that's they like they they need that mm-hmm. characters yeah. need to be carried around legacy to legacy in that way and if you, if george paris doesn't come along Sometimes you don't get to stay a legend. I don't know. It- <laughs> well, yeah, but allowing them to be vulnerable, to, to have flaws, to be fully fleshed out people, you know, not just superheroes, but people mm-hmm. um, and, and relatable, I would say. And the fact that, like, she was so empowering, but she was also loving and vulnerable, like all these things that make her a fully rounded person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I, I stand. 
We stand. We stand and we'll continue to stand. Uh, now, speaking of new creatives doing awesome things, we have a comic poll list for the week featuring all sorts of glorious names and glorious creators. Our first one of the week is going to be the book that I am loving the most <laughs> of this character ever. I've never loved a Hulk book as much as Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk number 12 is out. Check it out. Brand new story arc over in Monstrous. Monstrous number 19. They are inventing new awards so they can give them to this book. I will plug Tom King every week if they let me. So Batman number 63, fan favorite character, Constantine. He's on the cover. If you like Constantine, check it out. If they let us. Nobody checks on us. We just do these things. <laughs> so funny I'm afraid one day Amy's going to be like, I get it. You like Bendis and Tom King. Stop. <laughs> but I'll be like, no. I mean, shout out to Bendis' Naomi, which I'm pretty sure is going to be great, but I hadn't read it yet, so I didn't officially put it on the list, um, which is to say I'm never going to stop you. Next <laughs> up is Bendis' cover number five comes out this week. And number five, you don't know who pulled this book. It is <laughs> Unbeatable Squirrel Girl hardcover number four. Cute. <laughs> It is, yeah, it's a good week for comics. I'm starting with that one because that one is a, a hardcover release. Uh, it collects the final part of Erica Henderson's work with Ryan North on Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which has been going on since 2014, has been one of the coolest, best, weirdest, funniest, most creative, most engaging books that, like, you're either obsessed with it or you don't know what's going on. There's no, <laughs> like, middle ground with Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Uh, Erica Henderson has left to do uh, solo stuff after, like, after 30... Eight or something like that, straight issues of Squirrel Girl, which is a hell of a run. She had every, like, I, you know, our blessings to her, like, check out Assassin Nation, which is coming out soon from her, which looks amazing. Uh, luckily, Ryan North stayed on Squirrel Girl. He's doing it with Derek Charm. It's still fabulous, but I had to sort of mark the, like, this was the end of that era of I can't believe they made this book, which was designed solely for me. <laughs> this is purely selfish, just to make me very, very happy. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. It's so funny, y'all. It's so good. It's such great superhero comics and it's so funny. It's a bizarre book and it's great. Okay. Anything on this list to call to you? Oh my gosh. Well, that was a... Well, that... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I was going to say I'm not currently reading uh, any comics like the past since like before the holiday season, so drag me. Drag me. <laughs> if y'all actually dragged in and you were not invited back to the show, <laughs> she is cool. You can send her recommendations if you think there's something she would like. She's busy uh, collecting accolades for Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> So I think this week I need to talk about Immortal Hulk because this is the book that most people have chimed in on saying they found it with Collider Heroes. It's a book that a lot of people would maybe not have heard about. This is the it's book not I like hear. best of list for last year. I hope that people are hearing about it like because everyone is out there shouting. Uh, yeah, that's what I, so I want to keep shouting. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. So Immortal Hulk is an actual horror anthology that treats the Hulk as an abomination, pun intended. There's so much grotesque violence, but it fits in the world of Hulk that I never yeah. thought it would have been. And it's such a different take on the Hulk that all of the staleness of the characters has kind of been washed away and you're dealing with his uh, his childhood you're dealing with his, his moral moral compass you're dealing with all these characters but you can almost pick up any issue so it's this really fascinating book where it's telling a continuous story but I never feel like I don't have the ability to recommend someone just a single. So it's it's a near-perfect comic because it has anthology aspects. It has horror aspects. You can pick up any one. Uh, but I also, I got to say cover number five. Have you been reading cover? I have not caught up with cover. Okay, so cover is, I rarely have time for indie books because I'm, I'm a horrible person. So I ask Amy, <laughs> Amy sends me stuff because um, there's so many great mainstream books. Cover is about an artist who is undercover and is accidentally brought into the world of spies and it's just as crazy as it sounds and cover has so many meanings but what I really like about it is that allows David Mack to really flex his creative muscles because it's He's drawn an incredible artist yeah. it's drawn in kabuki style it's drawn in mainstream comic style it's drawn in watercolors there's so much different there's so many different elements of art in one book and then it's scripted by Bendis so his crazy kinetic style really lends itself to the art so this book is really special it's really unique it's only on issue five please pick it up because comics like this allow for the mainstream comics to stay afloat not mm -hmm. everything should have Spider-Man in it as much mm -hmm. as I want it to and cover number five is the first indie book that I've it's been the top of my pull list every week it's incredible nice 
nice. Uh, I will also say, in terms of don't probably jump into Monstrous with the new arc. You can. There's never really a wrong answer to where to start comics. If you're curious about it, if you saw that art, if you're interested in it, go ahead and start at the beginning. It is a huge, sprawling, dark, very dark fantasy universe. Uh, but it's it's like one of these fabulous, someday when there are seven adaptations of it and we're talking about its Oscar chances, you'll be like, oh yeah, I jumped on with issue 19. Uh, it is, a, a, like a, again, that's an indie over at Image. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's fascinating because we're in a beautiful, like, both existing era of comics. Like, Bendis having moved over, he made his name on indies, he brought that sensibility to Marvel, he kept doing that stuff at Marvel, now that he's landed at his DC, he's sort of in this reinvigorated, I'm doing all my indies and my big superhero stuff, yeah. but, like, over there now, it's fun to watch those currents allow space for really interesting stuff to happen. Um, and uh, so, yeah, buy all of these comics. And always read Batman, because it's Batman. Uh, we also have Twitter questions for you guys this Yay. week. All right. From Stephen Polchinski, Laird of Dunans, uh, at Polchinski, hey, Koi, Amy, and distinguished guests. Ooh, I'm distinguished. Mm, he knew do, you, <laughs> do you ever fear that by not giving a movie show or comic a chance, because you have heard bad reviews, that you could be missing out on something you could have enjoyed? I thought this was an interesting question. I love this question because I think that critical analysis is subjective because art is subjective. So anytime you read a review, you've got to think of that person's life experience. You've got to think of what they went through. You've got to think of everything they've gotten through to the point that they watched that movie. They could have had a bad sandwich that day and not enjoyed the movie. So I think give all art a chance. I know movies are expensive. I know buying things is expensive. If you can't make it to theaters, try to. But if you can't watch it at home, always give the art a chance. If anything about it called to you, give it a chance because hundreds of people Mm -hmm. put their lives into making this that's why you see me i i get called a yes man all the time and people think i love everything i have been on so many sets and i've seen the blood sweat and tears that go into everything so i can appreciate even things that aren't necessarily good in a different way because i know it went into it and if something's even good it's great because it's a miracle that it exists so give everything a chance see everything you want to see don't listen to critics all the time go in with them in the back of your head and if you follow a critic that you particularly love great because you probably see eye to eye with but i do think that a lot of people miss out on a lot of great content because they listen to others give everything a chance especially when it comes to comics because you never know I, I, well, you, you twisted it for me by throwing comics in there because, yes, do give all of them a chance. I, I, it's a really interesting question to me because, of course, that we worry that, like, something we would have loved, like, we heard bad things about and missed the boat on. The fact is, like, time and space are limited. It's not a bad thing to let other people whose voices you trust be like. It's most useful, honestly, when critics are like, here's the thing you love that you might not have otherwise heard about. Mm-hmm. It's the Ratatouille thing. It's yeah. taking a chance on the new. Like, that's where you get to sort of contribute the most to a conversation it's disappointing to be like this thing let me down um now but that doesn't like yeah never let someone being like this thing let me down mean that you're like yeah definitely not ever giving that a chance Uh, there's 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 a lot of value that can come out of critical conversations certainly there are things i've been warned away from where i was really glad to have information going in so i could make my own decision about whether i wanted to engage with it Mm -hmm. that's fantastic but yeah if you find yourself at a point where you're sort of like uh i don't even want to watch everything because everything seems to have so many flaws like then maybe dial it back and just take some chances on some stuff I would say critics help you prioritize. Yeah. Like critics, especially if it's critics that you respect, you can't watch everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've tried. We try in this industry. <laughs> it's very hard. Um, and so, but you can, if you're super passionate about something, obviously always see it. Like I'm never, no one's ever going to like dissuade me from watching a Batman film or something like, <laughs> or Wonder Woman or Dragon Ball. I will see it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they help you prioritize because movie tickets are expensive. Things yeah. are expensive. We don't have all the time in the day to sit there and watch 13 episodes of a superhero you know show when there's 13 superhero shows <laughs> yeah. um you know and that's just on one channel so um yeah so i do think that they help you prioritize what is the most important thing that you need to see this week or something like that and maybe like you said if you catch it streaming or something like at home or whatever but um yeah definitely i agree with koi that i think as a movie lover you can find things that you love in each film that's how i try to tackle things now mm-hmm. that i'm also on set and behind the scenes of a lot of this stuff is like so many people put their care into it and uh and so i want to find the good in films as often as possible yeah and and that's 
I think that's worth doing. I think it's it's worth looking for, like, what did this movie do, do well? Because that's where yeah. we can be most useful is, like, if the, if, I, if we're like, here's the thing it really did well, and you're like, that is my jam, then we mm-hmm. have helped you find that movie, and that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah, that seems more useful than, than being like, I don't know about, like, it's as much fun as it is to be at home being like, I would have used a different line in this part of the, that part of the thing. <laughs> like, we're not the script editors. Also, if they did that part well, it might mean, and they figured that out that they can do that even better in the in the sequel mm-hmm. yeah you know fair that's how i felt about i love like daredevil season two was my fate like that was so good i felt like any flaws that they had in season one they were like we hear you we hear you okay and we're gonna like yeah. it, you know explode your expectations it was so good season two oh, i miss daredevil so much i'm sorry uh, to, bring also, to open that wound i'm <laughs> sorry save daredevil save it uh i don't know uh all right, our next question is going to be from Clay Williams at Clayfilm100. He asks, what do you guys think of a DC Universe show about the question with the tone of a Mindhunter, True Detective, noir, conspiracy theory, thriller? Are we ever going to get a live action, the question? Maybe Birds of Prey with Huntress? Hashtag Clatter Heroes. I think the question came up because I used a The Question gif when I was asking for it, <laughs> but like, I liked the idea, and I will use that opportunity to be like, I love The Question. I love the classic question, but I love Renee Montoya as the question, so make that thing happen and bring me that show. I think one of the genres we're missing, True Detective. Yes. True Detective is a genre we're missing in comic books. There are so many noir comics. There are so many pulp comics. I would love the question in a True Detective format. That sounds amazing. And especially if it's a a more mainstream comic, because then you bring the audience in. It's hard to sell an indie when it's an indie times two. But if you have a mainstream character in an indie format, then you can sell the weird. So I love this idea. Yes, greenlit. I think as we continue to have more of these films, too, that we're going to need to pop into some of those genres. We really are, else they Mm -hmm. all will start to feel the same. And so I think that it's smart to... I want to see that. I want to see more horror. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's something that hasn't gotten in that we haven't really gotten to explore as much in this realm, so... You'd like Immortal Hulk, I'm telling you. Uh, I know. I will say, we we have Jessica Jones. Like, if they get to make more of that, you get to have, like... and, And part of the problem with the Netflix stuff is that she can't get as much into, like, the nature of sort of superhero mystery solving as she does in the comics uh, because they don't let that kind of <laughs> intermingling happen so much but like that's an opportunity you have and if they're not going to do it then DC do it I also think uh, Moon Knight and Swamp Thing would be great true detective feels uh, I think Moon Knight I'm really Knight, excited like to see what they're doing detective. with Swamp Thing I think we're going to get our horror yeah mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. on DC Universe I, th- I think we're, we're getting to the point where they like you said they have to we're, we're coming around that corner mm-hmm. where it's going to be everything uh, we have one from Justin Gilmore at jgilyota900. What is your favorite comic book movie or TV-related collectible? Hashtag Collider Heroes. That is bold. That is, a, that is broad. Every, I mean, I love so many things. Uh, I think my very first hyper-articulated action figure, one that moved, like, remember the old ones that had the rubber band in the middle and their ribs move and, like, their finger, like, this is a Spider-Man toy, but had, like, 32 points of articulation. To me, that was the first time where my imagination was fully able to take the reins, because Spider-Man was able to do all the things I saw him do in the comics, and my brain was able to make him play. So I think my favorite collectible is the one that made me fully separate reality and be Mm Spider-Man. So I think the hyper-articulated toys. Um, I guess my, my childhood favorite is the extremely unarticulated uh, TV-related <laughs> collectible. I have a, a tiny little Dr. Beverly Crusher action figure I've been dragging around since junior high. <laughs> like, it's the only thing in my life I haven't lost. Uh, uh, so, like, she's just, you know, just keeps me company. Uh, uh, but they're, you know, at this point, it's probably my, like, uncomfortable number of Funko Pops. Uh, That's so funny. Because <laughs> they make such good I ones. was going to say, I um, unapologetically like Batman and Robin uh, because I saw it when I was like five (laughs) and uh, it felt like a comic book movie and I thought it was so cool and I also had the Mr. Freeze cut like the mug do you remember from McDonald's yes I have a whole set I still have them they're amazing (laughs) yes but also like that film I didn't know that people didn't like it see it when you're young you're like this is so cool yeah. um and i also had a george clooney rubbery batman that i used to switch out ken from my barbies and that was that was ken yes. um and he he was a he was a thick ken so like with all of his muscularness so yeah isn't that funny i also saw somebody tweeted separate but somebody tweeted the hercules plates from mcdonald's do you oh, remember those b- barely barely yes oh, man, i was like yes there was I a set of those. those like uh the disney like Burger King cup 
Pops or something like that that was based on all of like the early 90s Disney movies. Yeah. This, like we, we went through those things. Um, they will make it through an awful lot of dishwasher cycles. Not like an infinite number, though. I still uh, have my X-Men VHSs from Pizza Hut, and mm. I stored them in a pizza box because I was weird. Wow. So they still vaguely smell like deep dish. Which is amazing. So I have a, layer, a, a warm piece of my heart when I smelled because I sniff my Somewhere VHSs. Somewhere there are my home taped ones. Yeah, uh, that was some of the the first like figuring out how a VCR worked was for Sailor Moon and for X Men the animated series. Oh yeah, I was like, gotta find out. My uh, girlfriend got me Batman on Blu-ray, the animated series, and I haven't cracked it yet. But I'm so excited to dive in because that's going to be all the nostalgia plus the updates. Yeah. Uh, and we have our final question this week. We have our sweaty question of the week. I picked this one maybe for reasons. Sweaty question of the week. Caleb Young at one K. Caleb Young asks, what is the longest run of comics you have? And as Koi's comic book dealer... She knows I got a problem. (laughs) I have a complete run of every single Spider-Man title in history, except Amazing. So I have Peter Parker, Spectacular, Friendly Neighborhood, Sensational, Untold Tales, all of them. And with Amazing, I am only missing 39 issues. So I have a full run of Amazing minus issue 135 from, like, issue 60-something onward. So I am very close to full runs of everything. So I have every single Spider-Man in print except one since, like, 1970. And then I have every single X-Men title except for Uncanny pre-100. So I have Generation X, X-Force, X-Factor, every, every all of the things. I have a problem but that's how i met amy and she's still in my wow. phone she's in my phone as amy comic store to this day love that uh, I, I have an incredibly scattershot collection i have random issues of everything and i probably always will because that's how i roll uh so it that that's just i will buy any dollar book nonsense uh but but i don't know if i have a complete run of anything except like generation x which was my first yeah. track it down except obsession and then maybe most of new mutants hmm? i don't I don't think I have a complete run of anything, but the most comics I have would be on Wonder Woman. And I really do truly love her 40s run, like her original run, mm. because she was saying stuff that you couldn't say as a woman back then. <laughs> Absolutely. She was like, oh my gosh, she's getting away with it. My favorite quote ever that I like want to get tattooed on my body is one where she um, is constantly rescuing Steve Trevor, but he like wakes up in the hospital and he's like, Wonder Woman, my angel. And she's like, what's an angel? I think I'd rather be a woman. Yes. And I'm like, girl. She was saying that in the 40s. Oh, it so was so good. Yeah, read them. They have some awkward of their time uh, They have some of things that aren't great. Things, but they also have some really kick-ass feminism. Yeah, yeah. It's in there, and it's sincere. And she, anyway, more Wonder Woman talk coming soon <laughs> and every week on Collider Heroes. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez. It's M-S-D-A-N-I-F-E-R-N-A-N-D-E-Z. Um, sure, if you send me your Dragon Ball hot take. Um, I might <laughs> reply. But if they're rude, don't be rude. Be civil. Check don't out our podcast, Nerdificent. And yes. We did an episode on The Punisher. It's so good. It is such a great episode. Koi came on, yeah, Nerdificent on How Stuff Works, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Koi came on and talked about The Punisher for an hour. We really broke down the character. It was great. It was, was such fun. a good episode. And congrats on all your 2018 stuff. Thank you. Thanks. To, thank you, y'all. Thanks I want to get you an Oscar me. crown. I know we're being <laughs> no, I'm so I'm excited. Not, I am in the film like this much. It we're, counts. It does because it's me. We're yeah. very yeah. proud of our friend Danny, and we're so glad you can make it today to talk this perfect episode for you. Thank you. So until next week, all stay sweaty. Napa know how. Get all the quality parts you need at your locally owned Napa. Because right now, when you order from Napa Online, you can pick up curbside at your local store in just 30 minutes. Or get your order delivered direct to your door with free one-day shipping and over 160,000 quality parts when you spend $35 or more. Quality parts delivered quickly and safely. That's Napa Know How. Napa Know How. At participating stores, standard ground shipping and exclusions apply. Stay little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 